Yes, well, it's been quite pleasant here this morning, Rawdon, in the lab. Working yes. away on the bubblings and the potions. What are you, uh, what are you feeling what aren't like? I creating? Is it some sort of blood pressure thing or heart related or. Well, what isn't it related to? <laughs> well, everything's relating to everything else. Look, Tom, you know me, more is better. More everything. Even if I'm forewarned. No. More. Let's do it. All right, mate. We've got a big show coming up. Strap yourselves in. Dave O'Brien from 5EW Melbourne. Part two with him is just around the corner. Under the Bar Podcast, here we are. Tom here is my name. With me is Rawdon Dubois. Rawdon, hello, mate. The Dubois Method. Mate, I'm uh, juicy this morning. Yes, very, very good. This is our opportunity. We've pulled ourselves out of the lab. This is the, mm. the, the time in the day, this one little section where we try and be- The back section. Professional. Extremely. To a certain degree. We're, we're not going to be insidious in any way. <laughs> insidious. She's just going to keep using that <laughs> mate, name, no matter what it. the context is. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, very the good. vernacular. Okay, mate. So we had the Gatling gun of, uh, you know, the the. Um, oh, I just had a mental blank on the movie Predator. Yes. The Predator, the uh, the Gatling gun style Predator like approach of Dave O'Brien, mm-hmm. um, sending the sort of the stage for this uh, gut protocol that he's got. We we started stage one last episode, wow. and so today we go through the remaining stages of his uh, gut protocol. Um, just a little heads up for the listeners. Gatling gun. Rawdon was very keen to get into the stage of killing. Mm. Kill. 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 Uh, that's stage four. Four, okay. Yeah. Okay. okay, all right. So, Some sort of concoction there to kill. Mm, uh, for those people who want to get in contact with Dave or, you know, work with him in some way, shape or form, he's... Uh, Apart from what he does with the the gut, he's got some very interesting stuff happening with blood analysis. Yeah, I think he's actually. Uh, we're going to get him back on the program to mm. unpack that for us with a little more detail. But uh, but yeah, like a, a legit software, you just punch in the bits and pieces, and it spits out some sort of uh, you know protocol or or suggests what. Uh, where to look mm. and uh, I think it's AI I think it, it uh, actually the, the, the program gets smarter over time based on what data you enter so it's uh, very interesting yeah I think yeah. he's created a monster there yes it could, uh, it could get it's out of a, the lab it's alive <laughs> it's alive <laughs> something like that but yeah, uh, yeah very interesting mm. a plug and play type thing okay well that sounds really cool so we'll uh, we'll get straight to Dave, shall we? We won't le- keep. Well, let's it. Would you like to string them along for a little longer? No, I let's... think we should get balls deep into Dave yeah. and uh, have our way with him. <laughs> what? That's what we say. <laughs> yeah, it is what we say. say. Yeah, but it just doesn't sound insidious so good when we say it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, inappropriate places for uh, my uh, phrases and sayings. Yeah, know? very so good. So I'm good at. Okay, inappropriate. Dave O'Brien, part two. Poor it's Dave. Good. It's all about tight junctions. It always has been for Rawdon. Um, <laughs> the first phase of the program, we're looking at reducing the overall inflammatory load. And then you yep. mentioned phase two there, Dave. So you kill. want to talk through what the uh, the concept or the goal it's is not, for phase not, two? Not kill yet. I know you want to get into the kill. Oh, okay. <laughs> the kill regime. Okay. 
They don't get too excited, mate. Yeah, okay. Uh, kill, no. kill is coming. Yeah, okay. All right, um, good. good. But, <laughs> but stage two is more like let's let's say that's more like a construction job. Okay, like I'm using compounds in there that start to repair like the connective tissue, start to repair like the because essentially like things like intestinal permeability would be classified as a loss of tight junction protein. And if you're losing the tight junction proteins, now you're losing this sort of filtration process and that's affecting things like transit time. And, you know, that's, that affects, you know, like certain molecules that would go through at a particular rate. They could be getting through there at a more rapid rate, like things like lectins, because I'm not anti lectins, like lectins in a, in a healthy gastrointestinal lining are fine. But the problem is, is they go through the intracellular tight junctions in a healthy person relatively quickly now imagine if you've got excessive amounts of hyperpermeability they're getting through there at a rapid rate and they're glycosides and glycosides basically you know it's protein molecule binds with the carbohydrate molecule produces a glycoprotein it's like biochemical chaos and these people just feel out of it that's why they're responding poorly right. to the nightshades and the legumes and the lentils and so forth so we want to go in there tommy and we want to start to repair those tight junctions start to create better structure yeah, okay. And also help with like almost like the filtering process. Okay. So help these protein molecules start going like identifying things and, and monitoring what's going to go through and, and what's not. Okay? And so Dave, how does the, uh, the, the list of foods and the structure of meals differ between stage one and stage two to reflect the change in focus from anti-inflammatory to repair well, really, you know, from, you know, um, stage one, stage two, stage three. Yeah. Okay. These really is, it's still all based around a, a low FODMAP regime. Yeah. Okay. Um, because I, once again, I didn't want to be as restrictive as I normally would be. Okay. If I was dealing with someone one-on-one, it's going to be a lot more hardcore protocol. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Okay. You know, I still wanted people, you know, having, you know, you know, fruits post-workout, getting some of those phytonutrients. Yeah, I wanted them to have things like red rice. You know, a lot of these things, they're, they're low FODMAP. And the good thing about having red rice, uh, black rice, and all these types of things, you're also getting a lot of anthocyanins. And the anthocyanins are powerful phytonutrients that help with, like, their immunostimulants. Yeah, okay? So it's just, like, it's not that I'm taking these things away. I'm just giving... Um, people ones that that don't sit in the gastrointestinal tract as long okay they're not going to cause those fermentation issues but still giving them a high amount of like phytonutrients even things like buckwheat because it's really high in chromium okay so the the food is really the same but putting a high focus on obviously you know things like slow cooked meats and bone broths and you know omega-3 fatty acids you know more from the animal protein perspective i'm really big not sure about your audience, but I'm really big on organ meats. I do talk about Ooh. organ meat. <laughs> okay. Next time I catch up with Rawdon, I'm going to make yeah. him have like some pan yeah. fried liver. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, Just uh, while you wash it down with a little apple cider vinegar. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I look, if I had to say what's the n- most nutritionally dense food known to man, I'm going to say organ meats. Okay. Like, yeah. especially like, you know, liver is just, you know, folate, omega-3 fatty acids, you know, fat-soluble vitamins, vitamins, vitamin A, vitamin D, okay, like iron, like, you know, it doesn't, mm. nothing beats it, okay, but even things like lamb, lamb's brains, yeah, okay, phosphatidylserine, <laughs> like, 
I know, like I'm, start, I'm probably starting to turn your audience off. I, well, mate, I mean, these are the these are the prized parts of the animals that would be the the first on the kill. Yeah, you know, were, were that the case. And it used to be the prize sort of thing for us, but like a little little bit of social conditioning. Precisely. Yeah. 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 Um, you know, like I, my my grandma, you know, rest her soul. Yeah. Okay. She lived to ninety nine, and I remember like going over to her, her house every Friday. And she'd just be pan frying lamb's brains. Just a, it was just a, <laughs> mm. <laughs> as, just, as you do. Yeah, it's just the it's it's in the it's in the genes clearly. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but it was just a norm for her. Like she used to just like cut off a chunk of butter. She used to eat butter like cheese. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But you know, it's it's uh, there's a bit of social conditioning. Like even when I say to people, "I oh, look, I want you having a little bit of pan fried liver." Okay, um, and they just screw up their nose, and I go, "Oh, like so? You've obviously tried it before." And they go, "No, I've never had it." I go, "What's well, an unusual response for something you've never tried before?" <laughs> okay. So it's a bit of social conditioning behind this. And I think there's, there's 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 there is options, things like liver pate and so forth. So I've gone for a lot of these these foods because really, when it comes to just how nutrient dense they are, yeah, okay it's just a reality. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And even th- as I said, things like lamb's brains being such a high source of phosphatidyl serine. And, you know, we, we obviously phosphatidyl serine you can get as a supplement. It's just not a great source though. Okay. Mm. Because really it should be coming from, you know, like, like bovine, like, you know, um, uh, cow's brains and maybe potentially things like fish brains and that, but it's got to essentially come from brains is a better source. And phosphatidyl serine is amazing for blocking cortisol. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I've gone for a lot of these, a lot of these foods that I recommend in those first initial stages. Okay. And it's not until I hit the, you know, Rawdon's favorite stage, like the kill phase. Yeah. Okay. That that's where I do go a little bit more hardcore. And I look, I would say it is um, where you want to say it's a paleo regime. I probably don't like using that analogy. Okay. But it's like full anti-inflammatory and we're going for as little things that are going to cause any type of inflammation aggravation to bacteria so that's actually where even the low fodmap stops yeah okay because essentially we're actually eradicating carbohydrates in that in that phase yeah okay and the reason that we're eradicating the carbohydrates because it's not that carbohydrates are bad carbohydrates are amazing for you they're amazing for you they're amazing that you know they make up parts of cell membranes if you're causing a little a lot of cellular damage and so forth you know, we, we need them. Yeah. I can't, like I eat a lot of carbs myself, but the issue is, yeah. Okay. And that's why I always say like, you know, whether people are fast oxidizers or slow oxidizers or do better high carb, the one thing that will overshadow this and change it will be what's going on in your gastrointestinal lining. So you may well be more high carb. I hundred percent agree with that. Okay. But if I've got something like overgrowth of like I've got CFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth, okay, candida, yeast. What do they feed on? They feed on sugars and, and carbohydrates. And the problem is if I'm eating a lot of those things, I'm feeding the, the bacterial overgrowth and that bacteria is, is releasing things like acetaldehyde and then acetaldehyde, the problem is that's going to cause major issues because it's a neurotoxin, so it damages your brain cells, causes problems with serotonin, dopamine, yeah, okay? But also, it's going to cause energy issues, okay? Because a lot of the things you need to convert the acetaldehyde to acetate so you can clear it out of the system, like things like, like glutathione, NAD, yeah, okay? Like a you know, particular enzyme, okay? The derivative from uh, niacin, B3. You, 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 
you need that to clear the acetaldehyde. But guess what? You need those things also. You know, NAD, you need it for glucose, carbohydrate metabolization. You need it for fat metabolization. Well, guess which ones the, the body's going to prioritize? It's not going to prioritize glucose and carbohydrate metabolization and fat metabolization because that's a neurotoxin. Acetaldehyde's a neurotoxin. It's got to prioritize that. It doesn't want to damage your brain cells and damage your, your, your mucosal cells. Does that make sense? So things like glucose, carbohydrate metabolization, they just they go to a grinding, you know, a grinding pace. And so this, this person's got energy issues, body composition issues, and how am I going to alleviate that problem? Get rid of the, get rid of the acetaldehyde and get rid of the, the, the yeast and the candida overgrowth. Does, so does that make sense? So we in the stage three now, or we're still? <laughs> no, I've gone. I've, I've, I, 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 we went, I we went to the kill phase. <laughs> straight into the kill phase because I, I know you like the sound of that so much. Yeah, okay, Absolutely. But stage, yeah, but stage three, um, do, do you want me to go back to stage three? Yeah, yeah. So stage three. So I like how it's, it's, it's clear. So for the guys that are listening and are really interested, we're obviously going to have your contact details and they can contact you, but it's very methodically laid out. So... Mm. Actually, the building block phase, that sounds interesting. Uh, protein, building blocks, muscle, I'm thinking, is this when we get jacked in this phase or, or am I uh, thinking about muscle too much? Yeah, so look, the, the stage three, which, which look, it's still involving, like there's, there's a supplement I use, it's permaclear, okay? Um, and it is still going through that building process. Some of the other compounds that I didn't talk about, like, uh, and acetylglucosamine, okay? Now, this just helps with the structure because it actually helps with things like cartilage and so forth. So you understand, once again, it's helping with that, that epithelium because, once again, we're dealing with connective tissue, yeah, okay? Yeah. So once again, it's like giving the gastrointestinal lining a lot of the building blocks and so forth that it needs to actually help to repair it. Or you also use cod liver oil in this phase um, and essentially like giving like vitamin A and the, the reason that I like to use vitamin A in this instance, because vitamin A is a key building block that you need for your stem cells. Okay. Now getting a little bit more vitamin A in there. Okay. That actually helps to alleviate a lot of the stress on the gastrointestinal lining, because once again, you're going to actually help with things like white blood cells going to help with things like red blood cells. Now vitamin A also helps to reduce inflammation and it actually helps to uh, uh, mitigate, you know, uh, excessive amounts of things like omega-6s and two, like omega-6s aren't bad. I want to reiterate that, but too many omega-6s can have a negative effect when it comes to gut dysbiosis. Okay. If you have too much linoleic acid, so things like safflower oil, cottonseed oil, and all these types of things, well, they actually deplete vitamin E and vitamin E is one of the key ingredients you need for hydrochloric acid. Now also too much arachidonic acid, which once again comes out of a lot of these types of vegetable oils and so forth well that also can cause some severe issues with dao which is diamine oxidase and the role of diamine oxidase as an enzyme is to mitigate histamine activity in the in the gut now excessive amounts of histamine i don't want to demonize histamine but histamine causes more permeability in the gastrointestinal lining okay which you understand if i'm trying to you know minimize the amount of hyperpermeability taking place and create a little bit more seal and heal. Okay. Well, that's why vitamin A can actually help to mitigate the inflammation to actually help with things like diamond oxidase and so forth. There's also other things which is quite heavy in the 
the foods that I'm giving, like, you know, B12 is really good for diamine oxidase as well, but you're going to get heaps of B12 out of, you know, slow cooked meats and, you know, things like liver and so forth as well. Does that make sense? Okay. So that's sort of the building block. That's sort of the building block phase, just giving the body a lot of the compounds and so forth. It needs to help to repair a lot of those internal structures. Does that make sense? So really the stage one to three in, in different stages uh, is re doing that healing and that, that repairing uh, that you spoke about before, before we went for the kill. Yeah. And even like there's just this one week phase, which you may have seen, which is based on, you know, goat's colostrum and goat's colostrum, you know, for people who don't know much about it, okay, like mother's milk. Yeah. Okay. But goat's colostrum is really high in immunoglobulins proline peptides and once again i'm just giving a lot of the building blocks because people might say because normally i might use glutamine and like people go well why don't you use glutamine like and, and with certain people i do use quite high dosage glutamine okay because glutamine yes it's a substrate for things like you know your like your white blood cells and so forth helps with like lymphocytes and so forth but it's one of the key amino acids you actually need for the epithelium but the problem is and this is just from observation with dealing with a lot of people is some people struggle with the conversion process of glutamine okay and so they can either convert you know the glutamine glutamic acid and convert it into uh, more glutamate and it causes a bit more hyper arousal in the brain especially if i'm giving them quite high dosing um, and they can also get you know bouts of nausea with this and just feel real uh, agitated or it, they could basically shunt more to, to GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid, and they feel flat and lethargic. And that's basically why I go for goat's colostrum, okay? Because goat's colostrum will help with the structure of the epithelium, but no, there doesn't tend to be any of these conversion process issues and so forth. If I'm, if I'm trying to get it out from a, a bit more of a generic perspective, does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And yeah, and that, that one week, uh, is that sort of, prepping getting ready for the for, for coming correct in. yeah coming yeah it's just it's just, it just more heal on the on the gut lining and then now we're going to get rid of uh which is the your your favorite phase broaden this <laughs> yeah. i don't know i don't know how this came about my favorite phase <laughs> I, I, yeah, that certainly wasn't the liver eating one uh, I that phase. <laughs> it's, a, it's a medical's favorite phase the kill phase right. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, that's what I like to go in and then just nuclear bomb everything. Um, and this is where we, we obviously use some antimicrobials. Now, a lot of people are going to go, what's determined what antimicrobials you've used in this, uh, in, in this phase? And actually, it's just through uh, looking at a lot of sensitivity testing with a lot of different types of bacteria. And actually, Uva Ursi and grapefruit seed extract are the two, two major ones that I'm using here and a bit of a rotational method because you know, with, uh, with looking at bacteria and looking at stool testing on a frequent basis, grapefruit seed extract always comes out with the highest sensitivity for most bacteria, whether that be like candida, yeast. A lot of people talk about the negative aspects with grapefruit seed extract because it can wipe out uh, some of your good bacteria. I'm not, and I'm not disputing that. Of course, it's an antimicrobial just as oregano oil can and so forth. Um, but if we just talk, if you just look at it from a sensitivity perspective, I've had people where I've used the grapefruit seed extract and then maybe we didn't get rid of all the bacteria. They did another stool test and then it still comes out as being the highest sensitivity for that particular type of bacteria. Okay. So it's just like, it tends to deal with the most 
types of opportunistic bacteria. Does that make sense? And, mm. and this, and, and the same thing with like Uber Ursi as well. Hence why they're the two that, and you get some other benefits of, of using some of these antimicrobials as well outside of just trying to kill negative gram bacteria and yeast and candida and so forth. And then I use a bit of a, um, a broad spectrum, broad spectrum, um, is, is basically just all this micro dosaging of all these different types of antimicrobials. Okay. And that's just like a bit of like, and using that the whole way through it's sachets. Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's basically just to mop it up, make sure that we potentially dealing with any other, you know, pathogens It will help, help with parasites. But bear in mind with parasites, you might actually have to do a way longer antimicrobial phase because there's evidence to show to deal with parasites that you, the antimicrobial phase might have to be up to 90 days. Just so you understand. Right. Yeah. Okay. And, okay. and tell me, Dave, is this a, is this a, this sounds like a phase where there might be a bit of discomfort. Is this a, yes. a, a, the bloating and is this? Yes. So a lot of people are going to feel like they're going backwards in this, in this phase. I want to reassure people you're going to get, it's a clinical name. It's called a Herxheimer reaction. Yeah. Okay. So Herxheimer, the, the more common name is die off. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's, it's normal and I would expect it and almost like I want it to happen. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm. But that's also why I'm giving support supplements. Yeah. Okay. And I give support supplements the whole way through the protocol. Okay. And that's why I give support with, you know, things that help with phase one, phase two, liver detoxification. That's why people are taking magnesium the whole way through. And I give them a little bit of a chart for them to understand which magnesium is going to be better for them. Now I would use blood markers to understand which magnesium, which magnesium is going to be the best form of magnesium. Okay. So for example, if someone had low total B12, then I'd give them a magnesium taurate. And the reason being based on research, people with low B12, they, that, that causes a lowering in taurine because you need B12 to synthesize taurine. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so then taurine helps with like, you know, GABA, gamma aminobutyric acid. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So these people, I'd give them like a magnesium taurate, but I've given them a little bit of chart to understand if they've got issues with GABA, they might need more of a magnesium taurate than something like a magnesium glycinate. That's why there's a chart in there for them to understand which form of magnesium is going to be better for them. Does that, whether it's a magnesium, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, very comprehensive. And tell me, you, you mentioned the, the depression with the, gut issues is this a phase where they're going to feel a bit a bit down as well potentially yeah definitely and it's also why i give them the support of glutathione yeah okay like you know and i'm sure you boys you know you've, you've read a lot of research around glutathione and there's a lot of oh, oh, we, reams we, we, and we, reams of research tons, that I've read. We're, we're always on pub always on pub men <laughs> well it, it, there's, so, it, there's so many different like you know, <laughs> <laughs> But thanks, uh, thanks, mate. We appreciate you. Uh, we appreciate okay, so I'm, I'm assuming that's a that's a that's a negative. <laughs> uh, but no the comment. one thing, the one the one thing with like glutathione, yeah, okay, like everyone's got a different opinion. Liposomal glutathione, uh, S-acetyl glutathione, yeah, okay, you know, uh, like a N-acetyl cysteine or whatever that might be. But the type of glutathione that's going to work best for you is really going to depend internally what's going on with your biochemistry. Okay, and so if you've got enzyme issues, like problems with like glutathione synthetase, then you're going to need an S acetyl glutathione. If you've got like blood sugar management, mitochondrial issues, then a liposomal glutathione is going to work better for you. So, but I need glutathione because glutathione actually helps with the clearance of a lot of the bacterial byproducts. 
So things like acetaldehyde, LPS, that's why the glutathione is a, is a constant the whole way through. And that's going to support, to answer your question, okay, Rawdon, that's going to support what's going on with the Herxheimer reaction and when the bacteria is basically releasing a lot of these byproducts like the LPS because when you're, you're break, breaking down the, the cell membrane, then higher amounts of the LPS and so forth are going into your bloodstream, into the hepatic portal system, bloodstream liver, and your body's got to have the capacity it needs the compounds so you can clear those things out of the system more efficiently. Okay, because a lot of people are using like antimicrobials and they might walk into a health food shop and go, yeah, I think I'll use some oregano oil. Yeah, okay, like, mm. like without the assistance, like knowing that you, you, you've got the support of things like glutathione and magnesium and so forth, like that's like, like basically, you know, stand, like, like you've got the bear, okay, it's like poking the bear, okay, mm. and then just standing over the bear. You've got no, no escape route and the bear's going to rip you to smithereens, yeah, okay, um, and it's basically the analogy, yeah, okay? And that a lot of people are doing these things like, even when people do things like cleanses and so forth, like yeah. if you're throwing a lot of like liver detoxifiers and you haven't cleaned up what's going on in the gut, like good luck, yeah, okay? Like it, elimination can be so poor, yeah? I remember um, back in the day, you mentioned Dave McDonald and um, his... Um, uh, Claudine at the time was was uh, I think they were chelating um, some mercury associations. Yeah. yeah, heavy metals. Yeah. And uh, I gather that is similar, like it's similar to what you're talking about. You can't do that quickly. It's a it's a very slow process. Otherwise, you'll you know there's yeah. just get this, this this overload and well, and it's interesting as well. Like if you just look at the heavy metals sort of scenario, yeah. Okay, and I could let's say I've got. These two guys and they and they both work in an environment, okay, where they're getting exposed because heavy metal is just reality of life, yeah, okay, like, yeah. and if you eat clean, you're going to get heavy metals. That's why I say to people, yeah, okay, like it's it's just reality, yeah, okay. Um, and so if I've got two these two guys and they're getting exposed to heavy metals, whatever those heavy metals might be, but this guy's got severe gastrointestinal issues, okay, so whatever that dysbiosis might be, and this guy doesn't, yeah, okay. Now, this guy, because of, the, because of the bacterial byproducts and so forth, he's going to have issues with things like glutathione, okay? And if you look at, and he's going to have sulfur metabolization issues. Now, when it comes to the clearance of plastics and heavy metals, glutathionation, okay, sulfation, the two most important mm -hmm. pathways, okay? So, th th this guy with gastrointestinal problems, what's going to accumulate in his body? Heavy metals, because he just doesn't have the capacity to clear these things. Actually... And so we just go, oh, just ramp up his liver. Give him all these B vitamins and ramp up what's yeah. going on in his liver and all these liver detoxifiers and go, his gastrointestinal tract is the, is the problem here. Okay? Like you've got, to, you've, got to clear, you've got to clear up that elimination before you go speeding up sluggish mm. pathways and so forth. Mm. Yeah? So, you know, I guess at times, and sometimes I used to think this listening to Charles as well, I would come away and feel a, an air of despair about, everything that could possibly go wrong. <laughs> but um, it's important to remember that it, it's a residual. Hope, hope, hopefully you're not well. feeling the same way talking to me. <laughs> no, no well, but, but, you know, like we do have an inherent resilience and even just the simple things that you're, you're talking about in the first phase of, um, of, of this process can build resilience. And then I guess one of the biggest things is if we can just take the amount of stress off ourselves, the, probably the thing that brought all of this upon us in the first place. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say that, um, Tommy, because 
even when it comes to the, like, obviously I'm putting a huge amount of emphasis on what's going on in the gastrointestinal lining. And also for me, there's, there's a lot of evidence that there's more messages sent from the gut to the brain than the other way around. But a lot of people go, well, where did all my gastrointestinal issues probably stem from? And yes, we can go into your own immune system. Yes. Bacterial byproducts and all these types of things. But most of our issues started here. Okay. Most mm-hmm. of our issues what's going on in the brain like a lot of you know whether it's childhood trauma emotional trauma yeah okay like a lot of negative emotions like fear and anger and all these types of things which area in the body cops it when we're in this type of state it's your gastrointestinal mm. lining mm. okay and then your gastrointestinal lining cops it yeah okay then you start to get cause microbiome imbalances and you start affecting how you're assimilating the singular amino acids that you need for neurotransmitters, hormones, yeah, other protein molecules and so forth, yeah, okay? Um, and then that starts to put more pressure on the HPA axis. You start putting more pressure on the brain because now you're affecting the neurotransmitters and you're affecting things like your mood and your behavior, yeah, okay? More pressure here causes more complications with the gastrointestinal lining, okay? And then you start getting more severe gut issues like intestinal permeability, SIBO, negative gram bacteria overgrowth, whatever that might be. And then the next step from there, it's like autoimmune. And, and just for a bit of a re- refresher for myself, Dave, and also for the audience, I mean, yeah. what is it about a chronic state of stress and the stress response being, uh, being elevated all the time that causes the initial issues with the digestive system? I'll try, I'll try and dumb it down as much as I can. Yeah, okay? yeah. because I don't, I don't want it to make it sound like stress is bad okay because stress is actually good mm. okay and, it, and if we actually have like that initial stress response okay we just go through that and you produce like corticotropin releasing hormone from the hypothalamus and then you produce acth which is adrenocortotropic hormone well believe it or not that hormone actually helps with the release of a protein molecule molecule called interleukin-4 that's actually anti-inflammatory Okay, so there's actually like there's there's anti-inflammatory effects by, you know, producing stress hormones. Does that make Mm. sense? Yeah. Okay, and then basically then you're sending a message to the you know the adrenal medulla and you produce things like epinephrine and norepinephrine and that's not bad. Does that make sense? Okay, and then you're producing you know uh, cortisol, okay, which isn't the major steroidal hormone that you should be producing from the adrenal cortex because that should be DHEA. Yeah. Okay. But cortisol, the cortisol actually has a stimulation of the lymphatic organs, okay, which is not a bad thing, okay. So you actually, if you're stimulating lymphatic organs, you're stimulating things like white blood cells and so forth. But the the point that I'm trying to get across, obviously, there's more to it than that, okay. But if this, the the constant stimulation of your lymphatic organs and your white blood cells, the the your own white blood cells, yeah, okay, can actually start to cause more pro-inflammatory response and actually cause complications within the actual gastrointestinal lining. Your own immune system can cause damage to the gastrointestinal lining. Yeah, okay? And actually, what you can also do is you you stimulate, okay, because you understand that your body is it thinks it has to fight off pathogens and microorganisms. Fight and so flight, yeah. Yeah, and so you stimulate the production of, you know, immunoglobulins and the height, you know, the, the, the most abundant immunoglobulin in the body is secretory IgA, okay? And that's actually produced within the epithelium, yeah, okay, so within the mucosal cells, okay, produced in the right in the in the middle of that mucosal cell and it raises to the apical part where it's like a sticky mucilage and then it binds to pathogens and microorganisms. So if I'm in that fight and flight, 
you increase the production of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. And what I but so and and short term, that's fine, Tommy. Yeah, and that's normal. I just go, yeah, normal. Okay, but you understand if your body's in that in that in that sort of emotional state and that negative state all the time, then it's producing high amounts of the secretory IgA. Okay, that's a protein molecule. Okay, and so what do you think? Like, do you think your body can just keep on producing the endless amount of that immunoglobulin? And so then the immunoglobulin production comes down. Okay. And so this can be characterized with people who don't produce a lot of saliva, a lot of mucus, okay? So they tend to be quite dry in the mouth and so forth. But the highest amount of mucus is in your gastrointestinal lining. And so instead of being like that venous flytrap to trap in pathogens and microorganisms, you don't have the support of that. And then opportunistic bacteria that's already there just go, thanks very much. Mm. Okay? They, just take, they, they just take advantage of the environment. Does that make sense? I mean, that was, if that was your layman's terms, especially. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let me, uh, uh, how about this one? I'll, I'll try it. I, I mean, the very, the very thing that, that we all know, fight or flight or rest and digest, this is as simple as that. We're in the highly stressed fight or flight. We're not in that rest and digest. And digestion is something that we're talking about here. I mean, is it, when we break it down into, into its, you know, the simplest uh, understanding of you know the fight or flight response when we're stressed. I mean, the, the everyone always says, "Oh, there's no saber tooth tiger coming," but we get stressed at everything these days. Is it you know really in part just the fact that we're really not in that state where we're the organism, the digestive system is just not in its proper environment for resting and digesting. It's just it's just not getting the it's just not getting the respite that it requires. That that would probably be the simplest thing I've said all podcasts. Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but basically, it's just not getting the the rest that it needs. Yeah, yeah so it's hyper stimulated all the time. And yeah. and isn't it like, I mean, when we are in that fight or flight response, I mean, it's it's you know blood to the periphery. You know, we're we're getting ready to run and and kill and do all these types of things. And and we decrease uh, oxygen. And we decrease oxygen from the gut. Okay, we yeah. actually decrease blood supply from the gut. And so people need to understand mm. if you're in that, in that chronic state on a frequent basis, okay, well, then you're just decreasing more oxygen supply. You're, you're changing mm. the pH balance. Okay, mm. so it's going to be a bit more acidic. Like, that, you know, the pH balance can be a lot different in the gastrointestinal tract. And then there's just certain bacteria like candida and yeast. They love an acidic state in the, in the gastrointestinal lining. Okay, so you know, there's all this negative consequence from constantly shunting blood and shunting oxygen mm. away from this area where most of the time, because we should, you know, I've got no problems with being in a, you know, in a more sympathetic nervous system dominant state. There's advantages to that when it comes to stress resilience and amazing, yeah, okay, but we are actually meant to be in a little bit more of a parasympathetic nervous system state, just a little bit more now. Why? So we it helps us sort of repair and recover from being in that state. Mm. Does that make sense? And, and so, and, and that's, and that's the thing. And then you look at the gastrointestinal line. So that's happening as well. And then people are constantly bombarding it with like food all the time as well. Yeah. I, I, that actually just jogged my, my mind. Something I did want to ask you about Dave was uh, fasting. Cause I know you had a little fasting protocol in the booklet as well. So maybe this is a, an opportune time to bring, bring that one up. Yeah, I think like the, you know, without turning into a podcast about fasting, okay, because like <laughs> what, what people need to understand is like fast, fasting is a stress on the body, okay? And I just think like people just read about fasting and yes, it helps with like brain-derived neurotrophic factor and, 
you know, I'm not like, I'm not going to get into all these sorts of realms and helps with, you know, ketones and alternative fuel source for the brain and all that sort of stuff. But the thing is people just reading about fasting and then just like doing intermittent fasting, even though they're all sort of like already malnourished and they've got gastrointestinal issues and, you know, like, yes, fasting can help with the gut lining, but it also essentially can be detrimental to it as well because like a lot of the things that I talked about, you need nourishment to actually help with the epithelium and the mucosal yeah. cells and so forth. Like people just, they just think like, oh, I'm not eating much, yeah, okay, and fasting all the time. Well, that's going to help with my gut lining. Well, no, not if you don't get amino acids and you don't get micronutrients, yeah, okay? That's what... You can see how people would gravitate to if, I mean, the original, um, what Tommy asked at the start, but we didn't really unpack. I mean, who, who is it actually? No, legitimate point. Yeah. Like, who is, who is it actually for the gut repair protocol? And we're talking about, you know, intuitive eating, avoiding certain things. I mean, you can see why people would gravitate towards not eating because not eating, they're not stressed in the gut, which is their issue for them. So is it... Um, a case that most of us are probably afflicted by what you're talking about, what we're, what we're referring to here, and they could probably do with this protocol across the board, do you think? Yeah, for sure. Because like the thing is like there's benefits to famine. Okay. No doubt about it. Yeah. Okay. Even when it comes to the gut line. So to answer Tommy's original question, which I don't think I totally answered. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> But fasting, and that's why I do like one day a week of fasting on a non-stressful day, okay? And essentially, it's two 15-hour fasts, could a 6-1 method. I'm not saying that's the best form of fasting, everyone, okay? But me just doing intermittent fasting without really knowing what, what's going on with the individual, it could just be stressing out the person even more. But if I do it one okay. day a week when they're going to be more relaxed, yeah, okay, they're hardly doing anything, yeah, okay, um, then it's sort of like the gut lining is also you're not putting more stress in like on your internal systems. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's why I go for that sort of six, one approach. Yeah. Okay. Cause it's just a lot more safeguard. Okay. So there's, there's, there's benefits to, to, to famine. Yeah. Okay. Insulin sensitivity, detoxification, and it can help with the mucosa. Okay. And so that's the connective tissue underlying the epithelium. Okay. So we actually do need periods and things like the MMC, the migrating motor complex, which helps to sweep the duodenum and the debris clean and sweep it into the large intestine. So you, you don't get like fermentation issues and bacterial overgrowth in the small intestine. So that's, that's some of the, so we want to use that. Yeah. Okay. But also there's benefits to uh, feast. Okay. And that's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what people, you know, sex hormones, thyroid, okay. It actually helps with the gastrointestinal line. It's like the gastrointestinal line is not going, oh, we don't need any nutrients. Like yeah. the, the, how it works is the epithelium, they've got to get fed. They've got to get fed to enable them to produce molecules. So then it's like this cycle. Does that make sense? Mm. Okay. Because yes, not some of them feed the cells. Okay. And some, some of them go through the cell and then into your paddock portal system and you use it for other things, but you've got to feed the cell, give it nourishment to actually help with its structure. Okay. And then it produces enzymes and this is the loop to help you, metabolize and break down the glucose molecules. And that's the loop. But if I'm never feasting and never giving it, okay, that, you know, that the, 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 the macro molecules and the micronutrients that it needs, it's going to affect its structure as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, okay. Because I always say to people that in moment and time, your body is going to prioritize 
uh, particular, you know, uh, particular systems. Yeah. Okay. And so one would be stress response, like what you're saying, Rawdon, fight and flight. Yeah. Okay. Because that end result could be death. And strangely enough, the body prioritizes death over anything else. Yeah. Okay. The other one is blood sugar. Yeah. Okay. Now, why is it going to prioritize blood sugar? Because you need to have, you know, fuel for the cells in your muscle to either fight this thing or run away. Okay. And the other one is antibody response. It's actually bacteria that essentially could be attacking your cells because that could lead to disease and illness. And so in the, in the, and you think about how many people have got that going on, high stress response, poor blood Mm -hmm. sugar management, high Mm -hmm. antibody response, and then other functions like your gut. Well, if that's such a high priority, then why does it shunt blood from there? Why does it shunt uh, oxygen? Why does it decrease oxygen from there? Things like your brain. Yeah. Okay. Well, if your brain, like I'm not, it's, it's in your brain's in, important yeah okay but i'm just saying in moment in time then it might not get all the amino acids and you know uh things like saturated fat and so forth that it that it needs for higher function okay mm. and so this could manifest with people with things like brain fog poor short-term to long-term memory neurotransmitter like can people be stupid and still function well <laughs> i think tom and i have been doing that for uh, <laughs> how many years has the podcast been going tom uh mate you're asking the wrong person yeah um um and we might have to start a because it's coming up towards five o'clock and b because i'm busting to take a slash but um with the the parasympathetic nervous system and the training i I noticed that you had a a heart brain coherence process at the end of it there and you mentioned something about the the stomach communicating to the brain and i was reading the other day actually about the the neurons in the heart and how it has like its own small brain and that it uh, communicates with the head brain quite often as the first port of call in a stressful situation and generates a lot of the, uh, the emotions that we feel the brain generates those emotions based off the signaling that the heart's actually sending. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's heart to brain coherence. And, and like you got like 40,000 sensory neurites in the, in the heart. Okay. And like, we always like, you know, initially we just thought the heart was just like a pump, yeah, like pump oxygen and pump blood around the body. But it, it's involved in like what 1,300 biochemical processes in the body. It produces its own hormones, yeah, okay? And so where I think a lot of things can be going wrong for a lot of people is like poor, uh, brain, uh, poor heart to brain communication and also poor uh, gastrointestinal tract or poor, poor gut to brain communication as well okay because we put a lot of the emphasis on here i don't know whether you got two guys would agree but i think we put a lot of emphasis saying like the brain is the mecca of everything and i'm saying it's incredibly important yeah okay but then the other two areas like emotions and so forth so your emotional state probably not put a huge amount of emphasis on yeah okay and then the other one was sort of treated like a garbage tip okay which means we've got problems with the enteric nervous system and we also tommy got uh, problems with the communication of the heart to the brain. Yeah, okay. And then that starts to affect a lot how the brain actually functions. Okay. And so in it, like I, I do put some heart math. Okay. And the reason I actually put the heart math in is to actually to help to put the person into a bit more of a parasympathetic nervous system state, help with things like, because the enteric nervous system within the enteric nervous system, you've got the vagus nerve and the vagus nerve, which stretches from the cerebellum to the, uh, you know, lower sections of your abdomen. Yeah. Okay. Well, that basically helps control the content of the stomach to the small intestine, so motility, okay? And also it just helps with parasympathetic nervous system, like rest and digest, okay? 
So the reason I put the, the heart math in there and getting people to do like that after a workout and, and at night, because it's one of the quickest ways that you can just change your chemical state. Okay. Just put yourself in and it's just simple. Okay. Yes. I could look at supplements that help with the vagus nerve, like acetyl L-carnitine and you know, like, but then like for me, it's just not as big an impact as someone just like for two minutes lying on their back, closing their eyes down. Yeah. Okay. And you know, at night, yeah. Okay. Practicing something like gratitude or whatever that might be. Okay. Think about the things you're grateful for and just go to bed in that, in that, in that state. And if you go to bed in that state, you're just going to change your whole biochemical state overnight. You have, you know, regulate blood glucose, help with things like melatonin. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be a lot quicker than something, you know, and they, they, they check like heart rate and, you know, heart math and, helping with heart rate variability, which is the time fragment between beat to beat. Okay. It was one of the best things for controlling the autonomic nervous system way quicker than doing something like the long-term system or oxidation or steady state. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that's not good. That's good. But just controlling your emotional state will control mm. your heart rate variability at a rapid rate. Yeah. Happy cells, happy cells. So yeah. to, to wrap up your overview of the, the gut review protocol, the last phase is that restore order and then, you're done and, and how often should should this be done type thing? Is it the type of thing that once you're done, that's it? Grease and oil change, you're good for however many thousand Ks or well, is I it think something that's, year? Yeah, so that, I think that's what most people would want. Like, you know, only go through that one, you know, one time only. But for me, the, the whole purpose that I designed this is sort of like it's a once a year like reboot on the gut. Okay, okay. And I'm, I'm, like if people if people are saying, look, like I can only really manage the nine week, fine okay it's, it's going to be better than not doing anything at all yeah okay yeah and, and so that last phase there is a bit of a replenishment okay but i go on the replenishment like safeguard sort of probiotics that's why i basically use like a mega biotic which is bacillus strains bacillus strains help with the innate immune system yeah okay and they help with things like epinephrine norepinephrine they help you metabolize your own vitamin c yeah okay so i'm um, and and they don't tend to be a problem with things like SIBO and 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 negative gram bacteria so they actually have benefits there and then i use a prebiotic there's one i talk about in there dr tobias gutmeister it's a safeguard prebiotic because a lot of the other prebiotics with fos's and fruit oligosaccharides they can aggravate negative gram bacteria so i'm going for more safeguard replenishment and the other thing that i could say for people and, and using things like you know like a like a gelatin powder a little bit of like seal and heal on the gut lining okay and the other thing you know what I talked about, you know, right at the start, like people using, even post that, using straight after the gut repair, using some BPC-157, mm. go for it. Go Happy for it. Yeah, that's yeah. a great idea. <laughs> oh. Yeah, just like that's, that, that just will really like just top it off, like from a seal and heal perspective. Mm. And then that's your, that's, your, that's your cleanup for the gut once a year. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like putting your car in for a service, yeah? Awesome. Sounds great. How do people uh, find out more about the protocol? How do they get their hands on it? How do they work with you personally if that's the the thing that's needed? Yeah, like I've got, actually, my marketing girl actually wrote this down for me because I'm hopeless with technology. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I I actually do actually have a new online store and you can visit, like, I've got my own website. It's davidobrien.com.au and then it's slash the gut repair and it's all one word. You know, um, something that I'm also bringing out, which if I'm okay to mention it just really quickly, yeah. it's, 
I'm actually, uh, you know, bringing out a blood software, okay? And the, a blood software, put all your markers in there and it will actually tell you um, what the actual real issues are, like things like SIBO and intestinal permeability, wow. like the, the, the real problems. Yeah, That's okay? a great uh, idea. Yeah, yeah. It's almost Brilliant. like uh, anyone knows the biosignature or Vitruvian. It's like yeah. a Vitruvian for your bloods. Yeah, okay. And that will actually also tell you where your energy systems are lacking. Okay. So if you need to do more steady state, if you need to do like if there's issues with glycolytic, yeah, okay, whatever that might be, yeah, okay. And it will tell you where your neurotransmitter balance is sitting. Okay. So something I've been working on for quite a long period of time. Mate, okay? Look, look, if you can get that one to fly and this yeah. episode has anything to do with it, can you just cut us a little 1% on that? Yeah. At the front of the bar. It's like even understanding like, like it will tell you what magnesium you, you need to use. Yeah. Okay. It'll tell you what glutathione mm-hmm. is going to be better for you. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it's, uh, well, it's um, tell me Dave, will it tell me whether, uh, you know, a propionate or a, um, <laughs> you know, a Diana, Diana bowl or, you know, <laughs> I should go for oral or an injectable. Well, well, maybe that's something we can sit down. We can construct that together, mate. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm only joking, you guys. You guys. Uh, All right. All right, yeah. mate. Yeah. So, look, I want to say thank you for for having me on. Yeah, I've got nothing but respect for for you boys. Yeah, okay, and known Rawdon for uh, a long time, and got nothing but love for him. So. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate you having to listen to my poly waffle. Yeah. Okay. For, <laughs> <laughs> for this amount Look, of time. In the, in the, you, I think you passed with flying colors. The, the oh, level yeah. of poly waffle was exceptional. I must say, <laughs> you know, but I, I found it actually enthralling. Like um, the way you articulated it, you explained, I mean, I, I joked that it wasn't layman's terms, but it, I'm going to implement a lot of that. Like a lot of what you said, just filter that in. Of course, I won't give you credit. I'll just say, yeah, hey guys, let's try, let's try some uh, collagen, the collagen soup. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's like a soup, guys. It's lots of parts, and um, you know. But yeah, it was it was awesome, man. Long time coming. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, like yeah, I appreciate it. it means a lot, you guys, uh, wanting to listen to me. Yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm honoured to be you know, inducted into the polywaffle uh, fraternity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you know, good, good things uh, good things happen. You know, you you guys put it out there. I mean, you created the thing in the first place. So it's a, it's a great, great document. You sent it around to Rawdon for no cost. You know, I've now ripped it and um, repurposing it as we speak. Uh, <laughs> the least we can do is get you on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, All right. Dave. All right. Thanks, boys. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate it. Yeah. See you, Much mate. gratitude. Good yeah. Good on you, mate. No Thank worries. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, boys. Well, there he was, Dave O'Brien. What a wealth oh, of knowledge. It was a scene from Predator. Yeah. That's all I kept thinking about. My God, he must have hit the creature with all that. But, oh, <laughs> he's going to hit something. I could see some fluorescent blood, some uh, bright green blood around the room. But uh, yeah, absolutely amazing. And uh, what doesn't he know about gut health? Seriously, mm, very, very impressive stuff. Mm. And look, interesting the point that he was making at the end there, Rodden, about the stress response and how you know it's not necessarily good or bad. Mm. It's when the I guess the balance of parasympathetic and the sympathetic biome. 
gets out of whack and, ah, yeah, 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 and, yeah. and gets to the extent where the you know the immune system starts actually attacking itself. Mm. Uh, that's not a good place to be. No, in. that's what you don't want. Well, and, and and you know, truth be told, I thought I was the gut guy. You know, <laughs> glutamine for the gut. Oh yes. Oh, Mr. Aragon. Oh yes, glutamine. Mr. Dubious method. Yeah. Well, clearly I've been surpassed by uh, Mr. O'Brien. Yeah. He doesn't have a go at him, does he? You got he? you got a little bee in your bonnet on that one. Man, we're going to have to arm wrestle next time. I see Maybe him. we should try and get him on the show. Yeah, and we won't tell him that he. I know he said that. Yeah. I'll bring it up in the interview. Yeah, because he'll never listen to this. No. He'll never get wind of this. Why don't we, we'll ask him about, uh, we'll, we'll set it up as something else and we'll mm. sabotage him with glutamine. Yes. yes. So yeah. your thoughts on glutamine for gut health, Mr. Aragon. <laughs> I'm getting my pen and paper out. Um, so mm. for those of you who are interested in any of that stuff from Dave, get in contact with him. He's easy to find. Yep. There's a ton of stuff there that he can be of assistance with. And I think um, he alluded that that's uh, still the. If he had his way, it would be a, like a five-year gut protocol. Like a, yes, that's still a lickety-split quick one. So, mm-hmm. depending on how uh, you know how insidious your issues are with the gut, yes. is that appropriate? I think that's appropriate. Yeah, very appropriate. He will uh, recommend something accordingly. But yeah, definitely. Um, not to be underestimated his ability in that world that's for sure absolutely all right mate well we better uh, head down to the head down to the lab and then yeah. wrap this thing up yeah come down okay well i always enjoy having a little sip of uh, sparkling water on our way mm. down to the lab mm-hmm. um excited now, I've had to something see what's going on the, on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. the bunsen heating up a little something something before we went up and uh, recorded that interview okay. with Dave. right so. we're in okay just come over here. Okay. What have we got? So, what I've got here is a. Uh, oh. It's a gel. Can you see ah. the consistency? Yeah. Yes. It's very, very viscous. Very viscous, like mm. a good coffee. Mm. It's actually a testosterone gel. Right. One that I made myself. I Transdermal. Transdermal. I've got a little yuhin bit in there. Just. Uh, I'm oh. just going to pull my testicle out. It's testicle application. Rubbly <laughs> on here. Yeah. Watch me. this. Careful, mate. Ooh, it burns. <laughs> Crude. Very crass. Cr- crass. Crass. There's always that element of truth. That's the irony of all the... What's actually funny about it all. Like, oh, there's such idiots talking about that stuff. I was like, no, I should no. do that this morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>